Welcome to Verifiable Truths, Insiders, and Guts. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is an adult comedy hate cast? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I guess we have fan cast. I thought you were trying to figure out the opposite of a podcast. <laughs> Which I don't know what that is. I, I'm not sure that uh, the opposite of a podcast is a hate cast. The opposite of a podcast is hate. <laughs> Uh, the opposite of a podcast is indifference. True. The, it, it works pretty well. The The thing we watched for this episode, it was not Riverdale. We it were was... told in very plain terms numerous times, not Riverdale. This is Rivervale. It's Rivervale. A... And I came in very nervous I think I had like a, a a hidden voice behind me that was being like, "Hey, something good might come out of this." Like if they're not restrained by things, but like I, I was trying to get my head to both not look at it as Riverdale and be like, "Okay, maybe maybe just accept this is a five episode fun thing that they're doing." But, but it's I, so constrained by Riverdale. I will tell you, the thing they gave us is Riverdale. But it's with the storylines they wish they could do. Yeah. Which story. are pretty close to the storylines they actually do. <laughs> yeah. Now let's let's clarify. This is Rivervale. It's clearly not canon. Um, but I have some <laughs> I think oh. maybe because now we've interacted with like other people who do Riverdale stuff, I'm getting more of that in my algorithm. Yes. Certainly because we have engaged with the fandom, the internet has been like, oh, you want fandom. Uh, more of this. And I... Don't. Uh, yeah. Um, ooh, I'll say there's no way that might come out mean. There's this thing that I've constantly been saying uh, when I try to like talk to people about writing, about creating stories, that you have to trust your audience. Your audience is smarter than you uh, give them credit for. I'm not sure if that's true anymore. There is so much, so much of the the talk around this episode is, is this real? Is this canon? Do the things that happen in this episode, and like people are having like, like very, very deep like decisions. Like, no, 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 it's not real because if you look at it this way, I'm like, no, it's clearly not real. Jughead's first monologue is him saying, "This is not real." And we numerous times, numerous times, we see a sign that says River Vale, the town with heart. They, this, they even give Archie a line where he's like, oh, man, I had a weird dream. How about a bomb? But the weirdest part was that we all lived in a town called Riverdale. <laughs> like, they hit it so hard. And, like, when, when we were taking the notes, I made a joke about Jughead doing a monologue that was, like, a minute and a half. That was him saying... This may look like Riverdale. It's not, sit down. Sit down with me. Come sit down. This might look like Riverdale. And the characters may look like Riverdale characters. And it's they may mostly act like Riverdale <laughs> characters. But the few times they don't, oh boy, that's on purpose. It's not a mistake this episode. Yeah. And, oh man. No, it's like. Yeah, it turns out. <laughs> people are. And. Maybe they're the target audience, which are teens, but, like, here's the thing. I know very many smart teens. Well, we have teen <laughs> listeners of this podcast who have engaged with us on Twitter and through email who are clearly getting things that we don't even get because we don't care that much. Yeah. So it seems like the voices that are really being – and I – okay. I think what it is is that 
the media outlets that really want to what they want to promote is the idea of asking a question. What's the most, uh, I guess, low hanging question to ask? Is this, is this real? Like, no, it's it's obvious. Jughead told us it wasn't. <laughs> it's not. This is not real. Uh. So, if there's one thing we can tell you, our smart, witty. Clever, comedically minded, <laughs> maybe teenager, maybe adult listening audience. This is not real. It's not real. It's very it's very clearly out of canon. Now, it it has enough ties into um canon uh with the sense of like how how is this going to relate to the series as a whole? We'll get to when we do the actual breakdown, but we think coma. We think coma. We coma. We're pretty sure coma. We'll bring it up when it comes up in the show. Um but Maybe that speaks to some of the failing of, and I do believe this failed, <laughs> the failing of this event, is that it's too beholden to the show that it's trying to do like this weird Twilight zone version. There is only one honest, different, like this isn't even a what if. Like, like the coma dream from Riverdale yeah. is what if Ryan never came to uh the OC. The OC. Thank you. It's the name of the show. There's a more, there's no specific name. You also there? said the coma episode of Riverdale, and we just flew right on past that. It doesn't matter. Everyone knows what I mean. So that that could have been this dream, or it could have been what if uh, Clifford Blossom kept control of the town? Yeah. What if Abigail Blossom was never murdered? But there's no there's no what if in this. It's just hey maybe. Hey maybe. Hey maybe. Uh, but let's get into. What this maybe might be. Hey, what if, maybe. What if we went to the show and hey, maybe we talk about it? Mm. Okay. Uh, because this is Riverdale season six, episode one. Welcome to Rivervale. Welcome to Where we start with the monologue we've already spoken about it's, several times. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not even a voice. Oh, we should clarify. It's not a voiceover. It's a monologue. Jughead is on screen. He's dressed like the 1940s. Yeah, I meant to look up the name of I can't remember the name of the guy for Twilight Zone, but he's like he's doing everything but smoking a cigarette. He's in gray tone. <laughs> His like, hair it, is slicked back. It's not black and white, but it's gray no. tone. Yeah. Um, and he explains that. Hey, this town is not like the town you see before, but we we already did that. Um, saying that this is a town where folklore and tradition is real. He's saying magic is real in this town, or could be. It's, we're not we're not entering we're not urban. Sure. We're not entering an urban fantasy world. We're entering a world of superstition, of folklore, and is it real? And oh, uh. so cut to our first vignette, which is <laughs> Tony. And Fangs, they're the portrait of a couple in distress because Anthony has colic. And don't get me wrong, colicky baby sucks. They are exhausted. Yeah. They got to go make an appointment with the one difference the, in this world. Um, Yeah, I would say one and a half. We have a half difference later. Maybe we oh, yeah. miss some things, but there's no big ones. This is the only big one, which is that Curdle Jr., you know, the creepy coroner, he is a doctor in this world. A creepy doctor. <laughs> a creepy doctor with <laughs> with long hair. Uh, so they're going to go 
Go see him. Go check on him to figure out what's wrong with the baby. But first, Jughead's going to walk into the diner and say, hey, look at that. That's Tabitha. And if I'm not mistaken, she's sitting with a real estate agent signing our papers. Yeah, Aaron, can we, can, I, I need this. Can I, t- can I, can I do the thing? Rant about the Jughead of it all. Okay. Jughead is obviously the, the, omniscient the, the, the omniscient narrator. But he's also a character, and as the narrator, he refers to the things he does as a character. In this case, he says, R. In our, in our new home. And I just, I couldn't reconcile that in my head. I could reconcile him being both the narrator and knowing he's also the character in it. <laughs> just broke. Well, this, but, this but, was the moment Kevin's brain broke in this episode. Later, he will be a character in the scene and then turn to the camera and become the narrator. But, like, his clothing doesn't change. <laughs> but... So you would, like, internal consistency of concept. Either he's going to be Zach... From yeah. Saved by the Bell, or he's going to be a narrator. <laughs> yeah, like like. So Zach by Saved from the Bell, or well, no. What Jughead essentially is here is he's the stage manager from our town. The stage manager always steps in and plays roles. Now Jughead only chooses to play one role, which is himself. Yes, <laughs> the only role that he dev- that he um defines himself by. But you know. Jughead's a young stage manager. Rod Sterling. I had to look it up. He says, so Rod Sterling is the Twilight Zone guy. Great. <sighs> All right. Uh, um, there's also a bit of a scene between, as a part of this, between yeah. um, Tabitha and the real estate agent, where the real estate agent is like, ooh, is this your first time living with a bow? And then they talk about, like, how <laughs> there are murderers out there. I hope you don't regret moving. I hope he doesn't, really what she's saying is, I hope he doesn't murder you. Yeah. Ho-ho. <laughs> Um, in case anyone's wondering, though, what this does mean is this Welcome to Rivervale episode takes place three months after the events of kicking Hiram out of town. Yeah, the the the, the fake timeline of this fake show <laughs> is, is three, three months. months after the real show. So just keep that in mind when you're thinking that things seem weird. Three months have passed. Right, three ch- moons have passed. Three moons have passed. <laughs> I mean, a moon comes up every night. Three moons have passed. You got it. Uh, we check in with Veronica and Reggie, who are doing their business stuff for their illegal casino that they're not treating like an illegal casino. So maybe in this world, it's not. I mean, in the last episode, they already had their illegal casino. It was in the back of Posh and Pearls. Well, maybe they're looking to expand because, you know, it's that's just a <laughs> that's just a room <laughs> in the back of their With business. children. But it's weird seeing them be like, hey, investors, this is a great business opportunity, a casino in Riverdale that we can't talk about. Meanwhile, Alice Cooper doing better. Where are those children? Where are those children? Uh, I mean, maybe in this world they don't exist. That's why Alice is doing better. That is sort of the thing we we have to contend with whenever there is something that we we have to be like, oh, this this doesn't really match what we know about the show. It was like. Is it different? Or did they just mess up? <laughs> well, and the thing, or just didn't care. Um, and the thing that, that I keep going over is that because so little has changed, I don't, it's impossible to tell what is <laughs> supposed to be on purpose and not. I was like, in this scene where Alice is very clearly breaking her house on purpose to get Frank to come over and fix it, mm. 
That was actually set up. Yes. <laughs> I think I saw some people being like, this came out of nowhere. No, they had some weird eyes at each other. Yeah. <laughs> we mentioned it. Yeah. It was very evident in the episode where they became the town council. You know, it was, it, she, she's, she's into him. However, weirdly, Archie and Betty have decided to move at the speed at which all Riverdale relationships do, or they've been together for a long time. It is impossible to tell. Yeah. They're living together next door in Archie's house with Frank. <laughs> Effectively. And they'll throughout this episode, they'll be like, they'll be having the conversations you have with someone you've been dating for like five years. Yes. <laughs> because it's like, hey, shouldn't we get married now? Shouldn't we have a baby now? Like, I'm not saying I want to put a timeline on anybody's like relationships, but this but feels the like the way they discuss it. It's like, like, hey, why aren't we talking about these things? Like, maybe because y'all been dating for three months. <laughs> well, and Archie brings it up like, Let's have the conversation again. Um, and this is where we get uh, Archie. We actually hear the sound of a bomb ticking. Mm-hmm. And then Archie wakes up from a dream and he's like, oh, oh, man, uh, I uh, I had this dream about a bomb exploding underneath the bed. And uh, we were in a town called Riverdale. Which, this is where we thought, oh, this is a coma. Yeah, he, it's he, clearly Archie's coma. Which is Which puts things in a weird light if we're supposed to believe that this is what Archie believes believes but hey i do not think we're going to get a confirmation how this fits in until the episode five yeah um and it's not wildly out of character for archie (laughs) to view the world in this way yeah yeah maybe Um, now this scene will also include a moment where betty will talk about sex like no human being has ever spoken about sex well i mean we could get into that now the writing for this episode we talk sometimes about how riverdale is very utilitarian writing the writing for this episode is built to make a point and get to a point and is not how a human being talks uh and that is because it is in the dreams of a machine (laughs) this is how the robot imagines that his future wife will ask for early morning delight (laughs) she she does go she just got morning morning delight i think um (laughs) betty this episode is way too horny (laughs) she's so horny betty needs to shave off about 80 percent of that horniness (laughs) betty Clearly needs a hobby. Betty is a 25-year-old woman who's been in a semi-stable relationship with a guy named Glenn. <laughs> we assume. <laughs> we assume. We have seen her in a bed with Glenn. Uh, we assume. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> she is... She is acting like no. someone who has only ever heard of sex and fi- is finally allowed to have it. <laughs> that doesn't sound like what it's like. <laughs> She's like, I've heard such legends of the sex... <laughs> But never was I, <laughs> never was I blessed with it. And Archie's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> I have many attachments. Kids, I miss Robot Archie. <laughs> Look, Robot Archie. No, Archie acts more like a human and has lines like a human <laughs> being would say more than ever this episode. Yeah, well, this goes over in his head. This is how he thinks he talks. <laughs> anyway, they don't get to have their yeah, early morning delight. Betty because... gets a call from Kevin, whose entire job this episode is to call people and tell them about things that are going on. <laughs> Uh, he was jogging in Fox Forest. Maybe in this world, he actually does just jog in Fox Forest. Yeah. And he doesn't cruise. It's true. Um, and he found a deer sacrifice on a slab. Yep. Its heart is gone. There are ruins painted in its blood all over the slab. 
and in strolls Cheryl, being yep. like, Be gone! You have entered the sovereign state of Thornhill, and that means I may do a murder upon you, for you have entered my country. And yeah, blah, blah, Cheryl. They throw them all with arrows. Um, and she has, she has girls. She has too many girls. And two old girls. Like, where did she get... Where did she get a bunch of 16-year-olds? And how did she brainwash all of them that quickly? <laughs> I mean, or have they always been here? I mean, we know what it is. They're all traumatized and took it and taken in by the one person who gives them a home. And they're like, okay. Like, we have like, something with Britta. Let's not forget that uh, Betty yeah. and Kevin, no fangs, Betty and Jughead saved Britta from the Hills Have Eyes murderers who tried to murder her. Yeah, Cheryl wasn't even involved in that. Cheryl adopted her, and now Britta is very ready to shoot the people who saved her from murderers. Here come now, here comes the caveat. I understand it's a different world. Don't get at me on Twitter. <laughs> But how different, because these people are surprised that Cheryl has a cult. So she has not always had a cult. And she did secede from Riverdale as she, in a feat of no, peak no, over... No, she didn't secede from Riverdale. Apparently she seceded from the United States of America. She seceded from the United States of America in a fit of peak because some people at some point... Maybe killed her ancestor. Nana Rose is a liar. <laughs> but what we, <laughs> but what we do know, is that Doctor Curdle is a doctor, not a good doctor, because he says your baby has colic and it could last forever. So what we're gonna do is put a frog in his mouth. <laughs> and Tony, <laughs> so we sort of get this overarching theme where everybody in this town now. Very believes in folk remedies. If I had to, if I had to have a what if, this is what if Riverdale believed in folk tales. But could we take it further? <laughs> the the only thing, the only difference that I can tell is this is what if Curdle was a doctor, and apparently, <laughs> if Curdle Junior became a doctor instead of <laughs> instead of a coroner, the world has magic in it. <laughs> Colonel Jr. is the linchpin <laughs> of this entire society. He's, he is what keeps the trains moving and the frogs out of babies' mouths. <laughs> well, he wants to put them in the baby's mouth. It's Tony and Fangs who are like, no. Now, I want to point something out. Now that Tony has become furious that people pointed out that she had a baby and was acting like an adult, <laughs> yeah. she and Fangs will dress like they are in a gang again. But change nothing about their personality. No. No. Uh... Meanwhile, we get a scene of Jughead moving in with Tabitha. Somehow Jughead has like 97 boxes of comic books. They they put in a line that I think they think is funny, but it's just a very much um, spotlight on this show not giving anybody really in-depth characters. Because they have, as you said, a yeah. million and one comic books. Uh, and Archie's like, I didn't know you're into comics. And Jughead's like, I contain multitudes. No, you don't. You don't. Jughead, we know everything you contain. We've <laughs> or, been following you around for six years. Or is this world what the world would be if Jughead was into comic books instead of the Baxter brothers? Maybe in this world, Jughead was never homeless. That's why he has so many comic books. Yeah. Yeah. All All possible. All possible. All possible. <laughs> um, so while we, they're having that conversation, Betty and Tabitha have a conversation where Betty's like, man, 
isn't it weird that when I was a teenager, my biggest concern was whether I was going to choose Archie or Jughead? That's not true. That's, that's not true at that all. Is, that is a lot of that's a lot of rewriting. Now um, I finally chosen. <laughs> wait, when was that ever a thing? And everyone keeps up being like, "Is it weird that Betty's around?" Like even Jughead earlier is like, "Oh, he's moving in with my ex, or he's upstairs in the bed with my ex," which is weird. Like you guys stop dating seven years. Ago. Seven years ago. Not once have you even, like, considered dating since the time skipped <laughs> forward. You know who this should be weird for? Veronica. Who <laughs> broke up with Archie three months ago. But no. No. I think Veronica hates Archie now. Veronica does appear to hate Archie. All right. Uh, so, speaking of uh, Veronica, she is on a call with that guy who we saw in the last episode. The one who's Telling like... Her- don't come back to New York. Yeah. <laughs> well, you said like he's threatening. You come back to New York and I swear. I'm uh, going to make so much fun of you for murdering your uh, husband. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Veronica, you have not been bullied until you've been bullied by Cameron for a crime you committed. <laughs> you, I have torn apart Jacob because he did embezzlement and he has never recovered. He's also in jail. Because he did a crime. Because he did a crime. I don't know why you're not in jail, Veronica. It's self-defense, unfortunately. I don't think it's self-defense when you use the Siri of your house <laughs> to terrify someone and then shoot them numerous times. Aaron. <laughs> Kevin, he, it's got America. In, he got in with a key because he was her husband. Aaron, with- the divorce papers were not fresh and minted. and Without getting it and getting into politics. It's America. He got, that actually seems very in line with how they he got the into laws. her home with his own key, with his marital rights, and then she frightened him with her home. She was scared for her life. Um. Anyway, so he's sort of bugging here about like, hey, this whole casino thing you're doing is this? There's like a stopgap before you uh, come back to New York, and now he seems like really like, why don't you come back to New York? I don't understand why. Oh. Him, him, him. So. Reggie overhears this, and Reggie is awesome, because I guess Robot Archie also loves Reggie. <laughs> yeah, the, the dreams of electric sheep. Nope, androids dream of electric sheep. Reggie's an electric sheep. Bah. Accurate. Reggie overhears this and is like, wait a second. That, <laughs> that bully you were talking to makes sense. I do think you're using me as a, as a distraction because you can't achieve your dreams. And you did kill your husband in self-defense. And then Veronica very grossly goes, oh, lover. Ugh. Okay. I did want to go back to New York, but now I'm having fun making a casino and I'm having fun dating you. I want to jump forward to how she makes how she makes this like makes him feel better, which is that she'll go out and I guess just withdraw a whole bunch of money, <laughs> spread it across a bed and be like, hey, Reggie, let's have sex on this money. I've always wanted to do that. And it's upsetting. Yes, because the reason that people have sex on money is because they're so overcome with other emotions, <laughs> they must express themselves physically. But but she, but she but says, classic hey, Veronica. I got you a bunch of money, and I think we should have... She's, she's, she's creating said. a moment. Is she a robot? In Archie's <laughs> dreams, is everyone a robot except for Archie, and he's I mean, the only true human? <laughs> I mean, that makes the most sense. This... Yes. 
It's like when you look inside, you see all your faults in everyone else, but you can't see them in yourself. Not being a robot is a fault. I think being a robot's pretty cool, Archie. Archie, don't come for us. (laughs) We love your robot ways. Don't robot run to our house. (laughs) I don't know why I said like a ghost. So Jughead um, and Tabitha are together, and Jughead does the worst thing that Tabitha has ever seen Tabitha, who has rescued a girl from the rape incest monsters, he Jughead kills a spider. A spider that she was screaming, like full stop, <laughs> top of her lungs, screaming about. Yeah, not like, hey, Jughead, ah, uh, can you get rid of the spider? She is losing her mind. Losing her mind. He squishes it, and then they have a conversation written by a robot. Let's be clear, of being like. Killing a spider is bad luck. It's not bad luck. It's just a itsy bitsy spider. Well, I sure hope we are not cursed now. I agree. Then he touches her on the face. Oh, so much foreshadowing. Meanwhile, there is a town council meeting. Archie (laughs) Andrews updates them on his reforestation plans. Apparently, Cheryl's like... Thornhill thing brought a lot of money into the town. Yeah, apparently Cheryl is still doing maple syrup. Now in this well, world... No, no, they say her trees are dry. Like somebody brings up, like Archie says, uh, Archie, who is somehow in charge of the town despite the council of four, <laughs> is, is like, oh, without the money from uh, from Thornhill and the maple syrup, we are not having a lot of money coming in. Then Frank says... But her trees are tapped. And Archie just goes, uh. Maybe Archie is thinking back to seven years ago when the town was profitable. <laughs> and he was like, man, we had an industry then. Maple syrup. Guess we better get that again. And that's also apparently the only industry this town can believe in. Because the palladium is gone. It will not be a factor this episode. No, I mean, it's also under Cheryl's land, I guess. So. Yeah, I guess so. So, so yeah, she is done with the palladium. Though... Here's honestly what I think. I think because this whole five-episode event, we sort of talked about this. The things that they're going over are very kind of mundane things that we kind of expected them to go over. So my idea is that whatever they're doing now, they're going to have to do it again in five episodes, but I guess in a different way. That's the thing. Like, after this event is done... Archie and Betty are still going to try to date. Yeah. Tabitha and Jughead are still going to move in together. Reggie and Veronica are still going to try to make an illegal casino. And Cheryl is still going to be furious at the town. Yeah. Now, do I think she will actually make a school for girls and actually secede from the United States of America? <laughs> yes, know. I do. Because this is Cheryl. <laughs> of course she will. <laughs> I think she'll say it and nobody will question her. I'm really hoping for a repeat at that time that uh, Hiram just faked Veronica out, and she's like, I seceded. And someone's like, no, you just told us you did. You just lied. (laughs) (laughs) You're still here. So we're going to cut from this reforestation scene to a scene where Cheryl lectures her girls about how the reason that they've lost their maple syrup is because they've lost their connection to the old ways. And she says, quite possibly, the worst line, and I understand once again, Rivervale, different world. Um, she says, Bef- before Riverdale was here, there was nothing, which we know is demonstrably false. Before Riverdale was founded, the Uptena lived in the land before, before Veronica's ancestors slaughtered them. Also, 
the Blossoms did slaughter the Uktanas in the 1800s, and Riverdale was not founded until the 1940s. This is known. <laughs> I think she's just considering that as still Riverdale. And so th- they came and murdered a bunch of people, and then, if we are to believe this, which I am believing, they then stole their beliefs and <laughs> took them on themselves. That, that just what it feels like. It just feels it feel like Veronica is really just like twisting some now indigenous beliefs. Yeah. Now, I mean, maybe we, not. We, we're introduced to the concept of she who walks amongst the trees, which is a real. Like Lovecraft, cosmic horror, Lovecraftian yeah. name for a thing, and we see a woman who I think is probably supposed to be she who walks among the trees in like previews. So I imagine she's kind of like our quote unquote big bad of the season for this five episode event. Yeah. Um. And so, and I mean, to be fair, they're maybe not culturally appropriating some indigenous beliefs well, I, well, because I, I, they have to return to the old. The blood, the pagan ways. I don't think it's necessarily that they're cooperating. I think it's necessarily that they're just ignoring them. Yes. Yeah, and pre- they are bringing pre- some beliefs from the old world, which is uh, gypsies. Because as you may remember, Nana Rose, crazy, has gypsy blood. Yeah. I know gypsies is a wrong thing to say, but that's what Cheryl says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She she has the slur blood. Um, and um, also, she attacks Archie a whole bunch in this lecture. Yeah. Because Archie is garbage and is stealing her something, something. Oh, yeah. I mean, okay, so after we have the whole Betty and Archie talk about their future in a really weird way, we we're, we really need to nail down that they want to have a baby. Cheryl confronts Archie during his whole, like, hey, let's give everyone trees to plant. And it's like, hey, I hear you give people maple trees. And Archie very rightfully says, you don't own the concept of a maple tree. And also... And she, so then she goes, all right, well, I would like 13, one for me and all my girls. And she goes, no, No, you you seceded from the United States of America. You don't pay taxes to us. So so you you don't don't get the benefits of being a part of our town. The fact that Cheryl just will walk in and just, I think, really what she created was a weird libertarian cult paradise. Which is going to work just as well as all weird libertarian cult. I mean, I I think she's more lucky to kill a bear than the libertarians are. Um, so um, there's get, also a brief scene interspersed in there where Jughead tries to eat Lucky Charms and it's full of cockroaches. Oh, yeah. Because he is cursed. Yeah, bug stuff. Um, Betty goes to Dr. Curdle? Yep. yep. <laughs> cool. She goes to Dr. Curdle Jr. It's a, it's a small town. <laughs> so um, there's one doctor, I, I guess. I guess for her yearly checkup. I, I think she went in. I don't know why he's also the fertility guy, but I think she went in for that reason. Her and Archie were talking about, we want to have a baby. So maybe she just went in to check. It doesn't matter why she went in. And she also, is... this is not how fast any, as a woman of a certain age, that's not how fast any of this works. Well, keep in mind, the last time we saw Dr. Curdle, he said, yo, put a frog in your baby's mouth. I have to imagine he went up to her and swiped a willow branch along her cheek and went, huh, it didn't change, change to yellow. You are barren. So she's barren. Yeah. And apparently he's like, there's also five other young women who are barren in this town. It doesn't sound like she's permanently barren, though. But right now, her eggs, not viable. I know. It's unclear. Here's an insane scene. So, um, Fangs and Tony don't want to touch their crying baby because it validates his tears. Yeah, because that's how you treat a baby with colic by making it think its parents does not love it. Yeah, they're, they're 
I mean, there's a, this whole thing is full of, like, you know, what do they call old wives' tales and, like, folklore things. So I have to imagine that is a belief that was around. There was a lot of beliefs that were just like, hey, don't touch your baby. Yeah, no one ever touched their babies. That's why their babies all died. <laughs> touch your babies. Love them. Or they didn't wash their hands and touch their baby, and then the babies died. Wash now, your hands and touch your babies. <laughs> now, uh, Fangs has a concept, and he tells a story about how Serpent mothers, you know, the gang that he's in. Yeah. You would used to leave their babies in the in a stump in the woods, and I guess the fair folk would remove the colic from them, and he's telling this ancient serpent remedy to Tony, whose grandfather is the founder of the serpents. I have two questions. (laughs) I have many, but you go ahead. You know how Jughead became the leader of the serpents as a child because they passed down serpent leadership through birthright? Yeah. Why wasn't Tony the leader of the serpents? I think it's because her father wasn't the leader of the serpents. It probably went from her grandfather to, I guess, someone else to FP. No, FP's dad. It went to FP's dad. FP's dad left pretty early because he was afraid of the Baxter brothers. Then I think it went to someone else, and then it went to FP. And then it went to Jughead. And then it went to Tony. Normal. Normal stuff. Yeah. My other question is, um, may, no, it's a statement. Yeah. Maybe Tony doesn't know about this because she doesn't have a mom. I think Tony doesn't know about this because this is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> well, Fangs does say that he was left in the woods and look at how great he is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just don't know why Fangs is serpent explaining it to Tony. The leader of the serpents. The, the, the daughter of the founder of the serpents. <laughs> The only um, one who apparently seemed to know the history of it. So uh, then Veronica and Reggie have sex on a pile of money. And then Ella, Frey, in a better, nope, worser scene. Once again, they have to get, get things set up here. Frank goes to dinner at Alice's house. And Alice is like, Frank, I have fed you dinner so many times, I need to sleep with you. And Frank's like, I can't. And this was the moment where my brain broke um, because I knew I knew, I knew that there was magic in this world, and I really hoped they would just swing for the fences with it, because Frank is so, like, weird and, and like, twitchy, twitchy about, about it. it. I'm like, and he's like, you don't know, there's things you don't know about me. I'm like, oh my god, Frank's a werewolf. Frank's a werewolf. Please let Frank be a werewolf. Let the sun go down. <laughs> let the moon come up. Three moons have passed. <laughs> He turned into a werewolf three times. <laughs> he cannot keep it a secret forever. Frank, the fourth moon will be one moon too let late. Frank be... <laughs> Hashtag let Frank be a werewolf. Support him in his werewolf life. <laughs> He's here. He's Lupin. Get used to it. Uh, uh, so Betty. I said Lupin. That's a character's <laughs> name. No, it was better. Okay. Frank is Lupin. He's also Lupin. Uh, all right, Archie and Betty have a really weird talk where it's unclear if Betty told him she was barren. Seems like no. She just brings up, what if we adopt a baby? And the reason I say it seems like no is because Archie behaves like a human in this episode. Yeah. And he responds in an inhuman way by being like, oh, no, I want to go through every step of the process. With you. You oh, know, this all is, the parts. This is about our 0.5 change. Chuck Clayton is on the cover like, the cover of the magazine that Archie's reading as a famous baseball player. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. I'm not certain that the writers of the show just didn't decide, yeah, he did football, now he does baseball. Kevin. They, yeah. Maybe if they believe in folklore, 
then Chuck Clayton doesn't have to sexually harass women to feel powerful because he uses folk remedies to make himself good at baseball. (laughs) Aaron, there's nothing in the text of this show that can ever prove you wrong. And I want everybody to understand that. That means I'm right. It means you're right. That is how the scientific method works. If there's no proof against me, I'm 100% right. (laughs) Come at me, scientists. Uh, So Betty... Well, we learned that apparently Betty's thing now is I the only thing I've ever wanted, Archie, is to carry your seed. Now, this is not something that has ever come up on the show beforehand. It's not a stated motivation she has ever had. Betty has always had bigger hopes and dreams, or she's just wanting to please her mother. Yeah. And uh, never again, once this five-episode event is over... I suspect this will happen. All right, let's start speeding up. Tony brings Tony into the woods, because that's a thing. And Cheryl Blossom in thigh-high boots goes for a cool nighttime walk. We begin the trend of Cheryl just sort of approaching people at their weakest moment. Um, In this case, she's like, I'll hold your baby. Oh, man, the baby stopped crying. Perhaps because of my perfume. I'm like, Ugh. I have a greenhouse and I can make co- concoctions that will soothe your greatest wishes. <laughs> Cheryl is very upsetting in this episode and it might be on purpose. I mean, I, I really I think, hope the show I, doesn't think we're supposed to root for her. I think, well, no, I don't think they are. I think we're supposed to watch her with like intrigue. It's like watching like breaking. They're trying to make it be like, I think Walter White from Breaking Bad, where you're like, oh, we know they're they're a bad person, but they're so engaging. But she is not. not. She's just upsetting. And she will only make this concoction if Tony will bear witness to her blah 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 yeah. blah nonsense. We'll learn later that she's also just like getting everybody to agree to do something for her. But yeah, um, Tabitha has a nightmare about spiders, and then in the morning, her and Jughead are just covered, covered in, bi- in well, bites. Well, okay, they have like seven bites. They don't have enough bites. Show yeah. us more bites. Yeah, they got a lot of bites, so you know maybe they're cursed. And then she all starts making puppets, which and are little dolls. Puppets of the Maple Maiden, also she who walks amongst the trees. Yeah, and they put them her. up on Archie's land, yeah, not they- in Thornhill. <laughs> yeah. I don't think this is Thornhill. I don't think this is... The, I mean, her being just in Fox Fours and being like, this is on my land. I didn't believe that first part was on her land. Um, but Archie's like, okay, dig up the puppets. And everyone's like, no, in this in this world, we believe in folklore. Though, and Archie's like, this is nonsense. Cheryl is trying to scare you. Though, admittedly, this is something I think all these people would do in Riverdale as well. They also <laughs> sometimes have weird superstition things, like stuff involved around... Remember when Cheryl prayed for the wind to take out the fire and then also prayed for Archie to, to get To use out? ghosts to get out of the mine? Yeah, I don't know what that had to do with Cheryl. Um, um, so Archie takes one of the puppets home and he's like, to Betty, he's like, these dumb dolls made everyone so anxious all day. Cheryl is so bad, Betty. Yeah, but- And Betty's like... I've seen that puppet before. Yeah, so she's going to look into them in a cold case. Ooh. Um, Veronica has received the uh, the plans for the casino, because I guess in this world they're just going to build a full-size casino, so maybe that's also a difference. And then she very grossly says that <laughs> she and Reggie will christen, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, 
every inch of the casino. Okay, so it's not just Betty. Veronica is also way too horny this episode. And Reggie looks at the plans. Here's the thing. Reggie is not horny enough. <laughs> oh, Reggie is 0% horny this episode. I, I can't believe it's like this. Reggie should be a little bit hornier. <laughs> I mean, we know how horny Reggie usually is, and he's at like a 0.5% of his usual horniness. Yeah. Ar- Archie, Archie needs to be a little bit less horny. Reggie needs to be way more horny. Betty needs to be way less horny. Veronica needs to be a little less horny. <laughs> And then all these relationships will even out. <laughs> uh, but Reggie points out, rightfully so, and amazingly so, hey, there's no office for me. And Raga's like, oh, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Um, um. Um, spoiler alert, Veronica will radically misunderstand Reggie's concerns. <laughs> well, I, well, I don't know if she does. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Um. Um, so Kevin... In a typical Kevin Keller storyline, goes back to the scene of a place where they were doing a job because he <laughs> forgot something. Yep, and he found that Cheryl, well, it's never so confirmed, one. but somebody tore up. I mean, it could have been she who walks among the, the trees because apparently she hates trees, um, tore up all the saplings. So Archie, like, marches up to her and is like, hey. Well, and she works up to her, like, a meeting at the yeah, he council's office. like, a town council meeting. And he's like, why are you wrecking our town? <laughs> why did you tear up all the saplings? And Tony, Tony, the one who we said, Tony, who's in unable to, like, look outside herself, who definitely would make concessions for either the serpents or Cheryl. So like, the first action that Tony takes, that we see her take, being on the council... is like, hey, Archie, you're out of line. So she puts her own interests ahead of the towns. Yep. Um. So what happens is Cheryl's here, and she's, in, she's inviting the town to Thornhill for the Maple Harvest Festival. You know, the harvest from all them dead trees that they're doing in the dead of summer, because that's when you harvest maple. Well, it's because it's a trick. Yes, it is. Because it's a trick. Yes, it's, it is. It's a different kind of harvest. Um, Betty learns that there's a sacrifice 50 years ago. I say sacrifice because it was a dead person yeah, on Yeah, it was slab. a human sacrifice, hard cut out. Yeah. Nana Rose. Yeah. Nana yeah. Rose's initials are <laughs> all over this. She looks at the blossom and says, RB. And like, why would you stitch your name? In? Maybe it has something to do with the spell. But she tries to confront Cheryl, and Cheryl gives her nothing. It, Cheryl is Cheryl. Mm-hmm. So, Frank... Frank walks Alice home from the town council meeting, and he's like, hey, I'm going to tell you my secret. Does Does this show know what we want? Because the amount of times he's like, what you have to understand is that I'm going through something. And I'm like, say you're a werewolf. Say you're a werewolf. Turn, throw up the curtains to the full moon, and let Transform your... and run into the night. <laughs> and let your wolf inform overtake you. But no, his problem that he can't get over is 10 years ago approximately 10 years ago when he was a mercenary he had a wife and a child and they died i don't want to like belittle anybody's trauma or anything like this but they will treat this as an insurmountable obstacle and not something that they could work through with the support of a good counselor not that counselor (laughs) that archie was seeing a I'm, good counselor. I'm also unsure. Is this is this is the one part? Was like, is this canon? It's unknowable. 
It is unknowable. <sighs> All right. So we're going to have to get to Cheryl in around and getting more stuff. So um, Cheryl goes to pick up pancakes for the Maple Festival, which is not immediately after this. Well, no. And then later, um, Jughead, Jughead will make up a lie. That's like, hey, Tabitha's making flapjacks still. But anyway, Cheryl right. goes to pick up the pancakes and she Tabitha the hands the pancakes towards Cheryl and Cheryl sees those bites and is like, mm. oh, wherefore these bites, Tab Tab? And I swear, when Cheryl tries to talk like an old Shakespearean character, I want to reach through my TV and shake her and be like, no one thinks you're cool. It's, it's, it's just, infuriating. It's just upsetting. Um, so Anyway, she's going to make a cleansing formula. Oh, yeah, this is her back with her cult. Um, and she's like, I'm making a pie to contain the sins of this town. And somebody strong and mighty will have to, it's Archie, is going to have to eat this pie. And Archie is going to be consuming the sins of the, it's Archie, town. And when he's done, Archie, we will. Not have sins. Not have and sins anymore. something, something will happen. It's Archie. It's clearly Archie. It's Archie. She just wants to kill Archie. It's going to be Archie. Um. So uh, Archie, speaking of Archie, Archie and Betty sort of have a conversation where they're like, hey, Cheryl's weird, right? And then Archie's like, I definitely don't think we should go to her weirdo party. <laughs> but like, no, we should exactly go to her weirdo party. And then while she's distracted, I'll look around her house and, cl- spoiler, clearly get manipulated by her. Some, I don't know if I'm sure if now she's manipulated by Cheryl or if something happens off screen. It, it's hard to say. Yeah. But now we're at the Maple Harvest Festival. Tony and Fangs are weird about their baby and mm-hmm. weird about how they dealt with their colic and also weird about how Archie needs good luck for that day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Cheryl, Cheryl approaches Veronica and is way too nice to her for someone who like three months ago said, I will burn you down. I hate you. Though actually, her... No, she included Cheryl or Veronica in the she, sins of the town, even did. though she acknowledged that there was no possible way that Veronica's ancestors could have killed Abigail. Maybe she just maybe that's why Veronica and Cheryl are <laughs> the only ones who could be the chillest. Um, but Veronica looks at Red, she says, Ah, oh, his old insecurities about Archie have risen again. At which point my mind hit a brick wall. <laughs> and you were like, like What insecurities? Reggie loves what? Archie. Well, well, no, I'm like Veronica, that's not what he's dealing with. What? He's upset because he doesn't feel valued and he doesn't feel like an equal partner in your relationship. (laughs) And he's worried that you will run to New York at any time. Unrelated to Archie. But here's the insane thing. Later she'll have a scene with him and he is upset about losing to Archie. So. And also, when when does Reggie... (laughs) ever lose to Archie. Reggie was the captain of the football team and Archie was not. <laughs> yeah. Well, Archie talked like he was the captain though, remember? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he became the captain. Be- no, Archie was the captain. I think he became the captain. No, no. Reggie was the captain. Archie was never the captain. Oh, Always Reggie. I thought, I thought he became after Archie went to jail. No. Um, okay. So then a whole bunch of contests will begin and I knew immediately that this was definitely like people were throwing the game for him because Archie Beats Jughead in a pancake eating contest. Character defamation. No, <laughs> absolutely not. I'm like, this is a trick. This it's is a, trick. a lie. <laughs> um. Then Cheryl, after Archie wins the pie or the pancake eating contest, yeah. 
Cheryl's girls do a maypole dance straight out of the previews. Yeah, well, straight out of Midsommar. And uh, Cheryl sees Frank and Alice from across the green and is like, your faces look vaguely upset. How can I convince you to flip on a person you love? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, what, hey, what tiny inconvenience are you currently dealing with that I can... Offer you a way forward. Way out of proportion. So what does she, like, is she also going to promise them, like, a magical ointment? I think it is. I think she's like, I will give you a potion that will let you get Forget about your wife and child. Is it it a memory potion or is it just... That feels like the most placebo nonsense ever, doesn't it? Like, when you drink this potion, you'll no longer feel guilt about your dead wife and daughter. And then they drink and they go, oh, my God, I don't feel guilt anymore. Okay. okay. So then Reggie and Archie are in a giant tree sawing, log sawing. Yeah, they're they're, they're doing like lumberjack um, Olympics. Shirtless. So shirtless. And And Archie wins. And Reggie, who who threw it, like we will find out that everyone is throwing the matches, is furious that he threw it. Yeah. Um. (laughs) And then he lost to Archie forever. Well, once again, because... Because this... the, none of the writing in this is good. It's set up to do things like it's so utilitarian to set up. We need to set these things up to reach the point we want to make, and it's done so poorly. Um, um, so next we have uh, an axe throwing thing, and yep. Betty is back so soon. <sighs> and Cheryl stands in front of the crowd and says, "Who will challenge Archie for the title of Maple King or Queen?" <laughs> this one will be the person who wins it all. And Archie's even Archie's like. But I won the last two competitions. She's like, nah, this one. So uh, Betty wins. I don't understand. So. And Archie gets the sin pie. So here, here's what I'm confused about. If he if he won, would he have been the Maple King and have the sin pie? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but because Betty beat him, maybe on purpose. Why? Why? Why did he have to lose to everyone else? But Betty would win that one. Um, because Cheryl knows what gets Archie hot. <laughs> Which is... Respecting women. So he respects his girlfriend so much when she tells him, guess what I found out? The creepy poppets are fertility dolls. That's why she stuck them into the forest. I found it on a sacrificed man. So let's put this creepy doll under our bed and make a baby. I'm going to need to cut about 90% off there, Betty. It's, it's too much. But instead they have... No, I don't want to say the word graphic. Graphic seems to imply... Um, that like you see things, but very thrust heavy. Yeah, this sex. is this is um, athletic sex on That's, their table next to yeah. the sin pie. Yeah, at that she insists that he eats because he needs lots of energy for all the sex, <laughs> all the sex to be having, and this brown pie. It does not look appeasing. It does not this look good. Brown gray sheet <laughs> will definitely. <laughs> Make you horny. Not the 119 <laughs> flapjacks you ate earlier. Oh my god, he's so full of flapjacks. <laughs> when they went from him eating 119 <laughs> flapjacks to him shirtless sawing. <laughs> That's not what anyone looks like. Archie, in the middle of the night, gets what has become a theme now, a call from Kevin. Ominous music plays. The phone rings. Betty oh my God. is gone. They have her. Cheryl took her. Ooh. So Archie Robo runs his way to Thornhill, and it's everybody there. Um, and 
(laughs) Cheryl announces. So everyone is dressed in white and red, Mm -hmm. and Cheryl's are in a big old headdress. And Betty's dressed like um, Florence Pugh from Midsommar. (laughs) And um, Cheryl explains that they've been expecting Archie. And if they want the maple trees to thrive again and have a bountiful year, well, they need to make a sacrifice. And (laughs) they're just like, I'm not a virgin. Cheryl. Well, the first thing he's like, I won't let you sacrifice Betty. Oh, yeah. And Cheryl goes, no. We're not sacrificing Betty. And Betty goes, yeah, because I'm having a baby, I, a son. I can feel it as soon as we had, had sex two hours ago that I have a, a child now and he'll be a maple king like you. In 25 years. In 25 years. And then Cheryl says, see? Which I think women- implies they're going to sacrifice him as well. Yep. But the last sacrifice was 50 years ago. Yep. That's why the trees are dying. They're right. not sacrificing. They didn't, often do, they didn't do the twenty-five year ago sacrifice. So um, Cheryl also explains that women can't be sacrifices because they have to bear children. <laughs> yeah, a lot of biological essentialism coming from Cheryl here. So yes, as Kevin said, Archie bears sin with "I'm not a virgin." I'm not, you can't like, uh, Archie knows the genre. Like I, I'm a father of the child, <laughs> and also that sex a lot of people. Um, but she's like, no, no, not a virgin, a pure heart. You're the town's one true heart. You've proved that you're willing to die for your queen. I guess. And uh, you love the town so much. No one has ever loved Riverdale more than you, other than your father, I guess. <laughs> I guess they could have done. They could have done him. They should have murdered him why, 25 years ago. Why? Why? How did Kevin get manipulated? Well, cause we know how, because it's Kevin. <laughs> Kevin loves cults. <laughs> Kevin loves cults. Uh, so, so they're going to mar- murder him. Not going to. They do. Okay, but first, what's very important is Archie's saying, they're going to be like, boo, and then Veronica knocks him out <laughs> oh, with yeah. a rock. Veronica's the one who knocks and him I out. I just want to say that's a bold choice for the show. The show who wants us to, hmm, like Veronica, <laughs> who thinks Veronica is the coolest character they've ever had, they make Veronica be the one to knock him out. Yeah. Not like Britta yeah. or, or Frank. Frank would have actually been very interesting. I think it would be interesting. I think it should have been Britta. Um, <laughs> he wasn't there to save her. No. No. So so she was fine with knocking him out. Um, but yeah, then he's tied up. Cheryl does some more nonsense. Then just full out cuts out his pure heart. And it beats and it beats and it beats outside of his chest. <laughs> and there was much rejoicing. Yeah. And then we cut to Jughead being like, that was weird, wasn't it? Anyway, I thought we would get some sort of like teaser for, hey, what? else is going to happen in this five episode event yeah one Um, would hope but instead he just goes that was weird don't worry there'll be more goodbye (laughs) (laughs) that's it that's it that's our episode that's what what he does i (sighs) that's what they sorry that was so loud that's what they gave us to watch. Look, I, I'm sort of getting the idea that they want to do like this more like moral tale. I think the idea is that all of them will be punished for doing this to Archie, but but, Why? but Cheryl like but they're saying up so like what is so is Cheryl is Cheryl supposed to be like a devil character who's like twisting the town? But then what's gonna happen but what has gonna happen when we come back is like I mean, what not? I don't mean like. Are they still gonna be dead? Yeah. We know this is fake. Yeah. No, um, I know they're gonna be dead, but like, no, you're you're doing the storyline you want to do in your main season. Yeah. The 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 question I have is not what how the characters come back from this, how the 
audience comes back from this. Mm-hmm. Like everybody's no nobody's different enough for me to fully separate them from their Riverdale versions. That's the thing. I need this to be like mirror universe. Like yeah. like Star Trek mirror universe. Or or and what I think it could be is that it could be the um grand hyperbole of itself. Mm-hmm. The idea being that this is everybody who the thing the worst things about themselves that they want to get rid of or that that is what Cheryl plies on. I don't she plies on Betty for wanting a baby. Which she Betty's pl- never wanted. Never wanted. She plies on I guess Ver- Veronica nervous that Reggie is worried about, worried about Archie. About Archie. Um, um, she plies she on not- Fr- Frank and Alice Jug- wanting to be together. Jughead and Tabitha for having a bug problem in their in their and, new place. And the thing is, you can so like their fears and their dreams are so laid bare. Yeah. Like Cheryl could play on the fact that Veronica is never going to be successful. Her casino will never succeed unless she works with Cheryl. But if you do this, I'll give you everything you want. Like if you want her to be this twisted, like. Um, I mean, devil, de- yeah. person who who's like, I mean, Betty's the easiest one. Betty, if you do this, I can take the darkness from your mind. Mm-hmm. And Betty's like, un- she's unable to co- to comprehend the fact that it's like, okay, I'll let Archie, because di- in this twisted world, once again, hyperbole, yeah. she's like, if I let Archie die, I'm no longer a bad person. Totally. But like, And then I can come back from it. I can spend the rest of my life. Yeah. Of the disconnect there would be interesting things. And would tie into the everything we've seen in the show so far, instead of quickly setting up new motivations for characters who are acting like them their old characters. Tony and Fangs, the only thing is we want our baby to stop crying. I get it. Like I do. Having a colicky baby is mm. terrible. But like your baby will not be a baby forever. Like, Do something about the, the reputation of the serpents. Like, more than anything else, this episode has so much of characters being concepts and not characters. They're, they're ideas that the writers had to be like, oh, yeah, there's someone who wants to have a baby, and she only wants to have a baby. Like, she wants to have his baby. She doesn't care if he's around. She wants to have his baby. Oh, these people are cursed by a by a, a weird bug uh, disease. <laughs> um Frank can't get over his wife and child. So he's just got to be haunted by them, right? Like, literally, I think they're going to come back as ghosts. I would hope so. But, Kevin, this is Riverdale. Rivervale. Yeah. The main problem of all the things we've said for this last hour is that this episode ends with no idea what's going to happen next. And not in a good way. Like, I, I don't know. We watched the promo for episode two. And it didn't help. And I still don't know. I think, I think the idea is they will all be punished for turning on the one pure heart in their town. But it seems like the she who walks among the trees is the one doing it. And Cheryl's weirdly happy in every promo image we see. And wouldn't it have been nice if we had a bit of like Cheryl's journey to discovering any of this? I mean, I know it's Nana Rose lying to her. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Nana Rose, yeah. <laughs> Nana, wait, so wait, so this doesn't even come from the Blossom line. This comes from Nana Rose's line. It appears so. Which uh, I, I normally wouldn't care about, but the show cares so much about family lines that you probably have to do that. I mean, maybe Nana Rose was also adopted by the Blossoms to become a Blossom. <laughs> oh, yeah.
Hey, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. In this episode, did you find yourself a spooky CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where logic turned into the shadow version of itself, which is drama? Turned into a werewolf. Logic turned into a werewolf. <clears throat> it's a werewolf. Logic's werewolf in Log this episode is <laughs> the fact that those saplings get torn up and they don't wither and die by magic. I think they just don't wither and die because they're still saplings. Magic. This is a magic world. A magic if you're going to have magic, those saplings need to wither overnight. Give me some magic. <laughs> Not just Cheryl being Cheryl. And then if Archie burst in there and he was like, Cheryl, you made all these trees die, then he is out of line. Yeah, because... <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, I, I wanted a bit more, like... No, I didn't want someone coming in blasting spells off like a gunslinger. Um, but I did want just like a little bit more. Like the, the closest you get is Cheryl holds a baby and the baby stops crying. I mean, Cheryl <laughs> holds a beating heart in her hand. Well, yeah, but I wanted before beating. that. Yes. Yes, the amount of magic in this episode is the amount of magic in any episode of Riverdale. <laughs> yes, this is true. Up until it reaches that point, seems fine. Except, for, oh God, I can't get into all the weird logistics of the show. Kevin, <laughs> did you find a CW moment? We kind of mentioned it because I thought it was too funny just not to talk about it all the time. But it's Betty, not Betty, it's Archie eating 119 <laughs> pancakes and then being cut. <laughs> like, what, what did he do? Did he just, like, Roman emperor them off the side of... <laughs> <laughs> the stage after he was done. Because look, um, a hundred and nine. They and these are we saw them. They're pretty. Yeah, these, these are like IHOP pancakes. <laughs> yeah. He he had two hours worth of pancakes. Look, <laughs> I have eaten like three pieces of pizza tonight, and let me tell you, my stomach does not look like it did pre three pieces of pizza because food goes into your body and you have to digest it. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, when, when we see Archie and Reggie, they look like they're on, they dehydrated themselves that day, like bodybuilding oh, cut. audience, just so you know, when you see these handsome shirtless men doing their shirtless scenes. They haven't eaten anything. They haven't drunk in anything. They yes. are, they are making themselves look like that, which is fine for if you're like, you know, you're doing posing and showing off. That is why bodybuilders do that. Yeah. But no one looks like that 24-7. No one looks like that day to day. They will, will not look like that that night when they go back to their hotel room and eat rice and broccoli and chicken. Yeah. So the greatest lie ever told was Archie. <laughs> <laughs> was Archie consuming a <laughs> multiple families worth of pancakes and just being like, let's go, Reggie. I'm not, I don't want to throw up. <laughs> <laughs> We don't even know if you use syrup or not. Oh, he had no lubricant syrup to help me go down. <laughs> Kevin. You go, Aaron, way too horny. <laughs> can't help it. I've been watching this episode. Okay, take us out. So, if you have thought about thoughts about how many pancakes Archie ate. <laughs> Thanks for going for pancakes, not how horny this episode is. And also whether or not there's still maple syrup in Rivervale or if it's all gone because those trees are tapped out. Tell us. We're on social media, Podcast MOA, Podcast MOA at Instagram, at Twitter, or at gmail.com. And please give us your ratings, reviews, and subscriptions. We know there's a lot of Riverdale podcasts out there, but you doing that helps other people find us, and it really helps us be the number one in the nation. World. World. 
You can also check out my books. They're available at kevinweirdbooks.com. All Gods Fall, Endless Hunger. They are fantasies with better magic. And I'm over at flimsyplan.com. All facts, no fantasy. Also some fantasy. <laughs> we'll see you next week for more Rivervale? Rivervale. Are the town's sins lifted? What is she who walks amongst the trees? Is, is Frank a werewolf? Answer to all this and more on the next episode of Mystery Outsiders and Abs. A Teen Drama fan cast? <laughs>